Welcome to Books, Broads, and Booze. This is your host, Jamie. And I'm Monica. Hello, hello. Hello, friends. So this month we have another exciting self-help book. And there is a discussion guide online for this book, Gretchen Rubin's The Poor Tendencies. I'm super excited to talk about this book. I am too. I have been talking about it to everyone. I'm like, oh, here, here's this test. Go ahead and take it. They're like, I don't want to put my email address. I'm like, just use mine. Just send it to me. I want to know what is your tendency. <laughs> What's really cool about it, what I think is, so it is a tendency, but it's how you are most able to take action and action is something that I deeply struggle with which we will find out reasons why later <laughs> so it's very simple and like most things that are simple it's really quite profound I was very impressed by it I loved this book so much yeah and I I liked everything about it and like she says that they're not labels to put you into a hole it's sort of a guideline to learn how you react and how you tend to to think and to help you grow exactly so uh, with her her first discussion oh um did you want to like have a little overview about it or anything no i think we'll just go ahead and jump right in i think it'll explain itself along the way okay do you believe that putting people into distinct categories is possible, or do you believe that people are too complex to be put into simple boxes? Um, oh, go ahead. It's like, does thinking, I'm an obliger, or you're a rebel, limit people's sense of possibility and potential for growth? So, normally, I am very anti-label. I have been ever since high school. I, I do feel like people are very complex, but... Since this book is a tendency and not who you are as a person, and because it is specific to how you decide to act and take action, I really don't feel like it does label you. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I feel it's more, it's not like the Myers-Briggs are like, oh, this is you, and it was sort of like, oh, here's how you tend to have a reaction and behavior these are the pluses to that here's the minuses this is what you're good at here's things you need to work on and I think it plays really well into something that I've talked about a thousand times that I think is really important which is awareness so it helps you to be aware of why you do the things that you do why you why you act or why you don't act That's so a great point Monica it is. Yay. <laughs> awareness yes did you find it easier to identify your own tendency or other people's tendencies? Oh, for me, I spotted right off the bat which one I was going to be before I even took the test. <laughs> and most members of my family, except for one, which I've been planning to give her the quiz, I just forgot today. So I think it's pretty easy um, there are those few little outliers who are kind of maybe hard to, hard to, you know, decide which one exactly they fit in. But yeah, I thought it was equally easy. <laughs> I was reading it and I was like, oh, 
Oh, she's an upholder. Oh. Oh, we're starting with upholders? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, I'm, I feel confident I'm an upholder. And then I got to the test and I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, all right. So it says, has understanding the four tendencies help you to understand someone in your life? If so, did knowing the tendency help you deal with that person more effectively? Oh, and I think this will be a good place to mention the tendencies. So, like you said, upholder. So, why don't you talk about upholder and questioner, the first two. Okay. The upholder is somebody who is internally and externally motivated to do anything. So, they're someone who's a self-starter. They're someone who will do something if they think um, there's expectations for them to do it. A questioner is going to ask, do I really need to put effort into this? they're going to do a judgment and say, okay, here's, here's what's happening. If this is something I feel is worthwhile, then I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do it. But they're going to ask a lot of questions. They're going to do a lot of value judgment. And they're going to be like, this needs to be done. I'm going to do it the best way I think it should be done. Or an upholder is going to be like, well, I'll just do it the way it needs to be done. And an obliger is the third category. And they are someone who is only externally motivated. So they have a really hard time being a self-starter and they're more willing to act when other people expect them to do something. And then there is the rebel who is neither internally nor externally motivated. They are just a big old ball of chaos. No, not really. <laughs> kind of close. Kind of close. <laughs> um, they, they value more freedom. Freedom. Freedom yes. of choice. Yes. So back to the question, in understanding those four tendencies, does it help me to understand someone in my life? Most definitely. And I have two rebels in my family. Um, so most specifically my son. And I've, I've known this intuitive, intuitively since he was quite small, that he reacts better when I give him choices mm -hmm. instead of just telling him what to do. But like when you're busy and as a mom and when something's really common sense, like you would just say, hey, do this, you know. But because of his tendency, even if it is common sense to do it and even if he wants to do it, because I told him to do it, he's going to be like, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so it just literally explained 16 years of frustration <laughs> with this kid. So had I read this book 16 years ago... <laughs> perhaps things could have been a little different. <laughs> yeah. The choice is uh, a big incentive for rebels. They want to have choice. Yeah. What do you think, people in your life, how have it, has it helped you? Or I haven't really thought about it too much, but um, I definitely took the test as my kids. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, mm -hmm. uh, I need to know this. I need to work with this. This will help me help them get through their lives better. Right, so, right. Yeah. You know, I, I have what I feel like will be my basement dwelling son for the rest of my life. And <laughs> that can't happen, people. It can't happen. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. 
So it says, it can be fun to identify the tendencies of famous people or famous characters from literature, television, or movies. And so we want to talk about Shit's Creek. Yes, we both <laughs> watched that show. Lots of people love that show. It's a fantastic show. So I thought that would be something I know we've both watched. And the first character I thought of was Stevie, and I really like Stevie. I love Stevie. So thinking about Stevie, and I'm interested on your take on it, but I see Stevie as a questioner. I see Stevie as a questioner. Yes. She yeah. is the type of person who, like, when she was going to take over the hotel, she's like, but what does that mean? And, <laughs> and, and what do I do? But then when she did it, she went all in. Like, she, she read... Um, the book. She read the book so that she could figure out, like, everything that she needed to know. And she's real into research. And so, yeah, I definitely thought Stevie was a questioner. And I definitely thought that, um, um, now I can't think of their names. What's the daughter's name? Oh, my Alexa. gosh. Alexa. I think Alexa is an obliger. I would have picked Alexa. Alexa is obliger, 100%. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You Just by the way she dresses and the way she talks, like, she's always, like, looking for... I like how she for... holds her arms all the time. <laughs> and she has this, this, this way she stands with her arms and talks, yeah. And she just is definitely Ew, looking <laughs> for that outward approval for her to act and do different things. <laughs> oh, and then... Moira, I I don't know. I think Moira's a rebel. I would have said rebel. I would like Moira's a rebel. I'm yes. Like, I, I love Moira in her hair, yes. all her wigs and her costumes. And... I, I love it because she is definitely not the best mother. She made me feel so good about myself <laughs> because she really feels like she's a good mother. But, you know, then they talk about, oh, the nursery is in the other wing of the of the house and she's like mommy's a light sleeper and I was like oh Moira <laughs> and we uh, were there for that thing yeah. and then the the dad would be the upholder what's his name I forget things so much oh my gosh I just had it and now it's gone I know it's terrible uh, but he's a rule follower is. and you know does things how they're supposed to be done and doesn't like things being out of order, but he's also a self-starter. And, you know, decided even though he's at the bottom of his career life, he just clears off a desk and decides he's going to th think up something for a new business, you know? Right. Yeah, we'll just call him Mr. Rose. Mr. Mr. Rose. Yes. I love David. David's probably one of my favorite characters. Mine too. And I would put David as a questioner. Yeah, he was d more difficult for me to peg down. He's one of those that's like, we would probably have to dig a little deeper, maybe. I'm not uh -huh. so sure. I'm not so sure. He might be, sometimes you can have a tendency that leans toward another tendency. Right. And so maybe those people are a little more difficult to... Yeah, because like she said, like, upholders can have questioner tendency. And I was like, oh, I feel like I'm a questioning upholder. <laughs> right. Then more of a obliger upholder, which was somebody who never says no, you know. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So definitely, I think that was a great show to pick, to like try and. <laughs> that is. <laughs> oh, now, so every funny. time I read a book or watch a show, I'll be thinking of oh, what tendency are they? <laughs> what tendency are they? Okay. Um, 
Think of a habit you would like to cultivate, exercise, take care of expense reports, daily prayer, blah, blah, blah. Taking into account your tendencies, what steps can you take to help yourself form that habit? I've read a lot about making habits and changing behavior, making habit changes, and I never considered my motivation for those from an internal versus external point before. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of interesting um, perspective for this book. Yes. And I can honestly say that um, I definitely fit into my tendency in this respect. I am an obliger. So I have absolutely no internal motivation. I have internally things that I want to do. But unless I have some sort of external um, consequence, I won't do it, even if it's something that I want to do. Like, Matt was gone for a month. So I have all this time, like, to myself, right? Uh And I thought, oh, I'm going to meditate every day. I did it on the first day. That was literally it and it was actually an amazing like the best meditation session I've had in a really really long time like I really felt like I went deep it was amazing it was awesome I was like oh imagine how fantastic this is going to be at the end of a month if I've done this every day never did it again (laughs) you need a buddy (laughs) yeah you need something to hold you accountable but I also don't like that. <laughs> so I kind of think I am an obliger who kind of tips towards rebel. Uh-huh. Because the idea of having like an exercise buddy or something like that, I don't like being pinned down either. So it's horrifying. It's the worst. <laughs> I will actually <laughs> never take any action ever. <laughs> <laughs> and they're we'll all in my head. And that's where they stay. In the planning part. Yeah. Oh, too funny. That is too funny. <laughs> I am like, I am such an obliger. Like, yeah, I usually do New Year's resolutions. Mm. I usually keep track of them. You're an upholder. I am, I am such an upholder. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then it's like, oh, it's coming towards the end of the year. And did I meet all my goals? And I'm like, I think I'm going to be pretty close on like my book reading goal. My book reading goal was 150 books. Right. I'm at like 145 right now. And my friends are all like, oh, you'll be fine. You can, I was like, your average is 12 and a half books a month. You have five to go. I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> I don't know. Because like this time of year, I just don't tend to read as much. So I was right. wanting to be closer to being done, but the upholder part of me is like, oh, I feel really bad if I don't reach my goal. <laughs> the, the goal you set. The goal I set. So <laughs> what's funny is um, you used to, you would set New Year's resolutions and you would put all your goals and you would post them, right? And then like tor- getting towards the end of the year, you would put like which ones you had actually accomplished. And I remember being completely mystified by you, like <laughs> literally gobsmacked. First of all, that you remembered what your resolutions were. I have them written down. 
Oh, I'm sure I did too at one point in time, somewhere. <laughs> and and the fact that uh, literally how many of them you had checked off the list, like I was really impressed. And actually, until I had read this book, I would kind of sometimes think, well, why can't I do that? Oh. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's something that I would want to do, but now I'm like kind of understanding a little bit more why that might be a little bit more difficult for me. And I feel like, what's wrong with me that I have to do all these things? <laughs> I still don't know what's wrong with me. It <laughs> does put a lot of pressure. It's a lot of external and internal pressure on yourself, I would imagine. Um, I have an upholder daughter as well. And she is under a lot of stress, a lot. It's difficult keeping all that stuff straight, I would imagine. I'm super well organized, so I don't have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. It's one of my superpowers of being organized. And then I have the chaotic children. <laughs> and I have these grand plans for when they move out of the house. And I live with bare walls and oh. simple furniture and have room for gatherings. One of these days. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Gretchen Rubin argues that for obligers, it's crucial to get accountability because obliger is the largest tendency. We're either obligers ourselves or we have many obligers in our lives. What are ways to increase accountability to help obligers? Oh, I put some thought into this one and it's difficult because I'm trying to think, um, you know, there's a difference between accountability and like being guilted into something, which is horrible. Like you don't want that. But I think it really, it comes down to just knowing that somebody is going to ask you about it. Maybe, um, she talks a lot in the book about, um, the different tendencies and how they react to advice from their doctors. So using that as an example, like if my doctor says you need to do X, Y, and Z, like when I go back to the office, just knowing that my doctor is going to say, Hey, did you do X, Y, and Z? And if I say no, they're going to say, you know, they're going to, you know, Require not, yeah, they're not going to reprimand me, but like, I'm going to have to. What was the roadblocks? How can we help you get this done? Right. So just, just knowing that I think would be helpful for my tendency. I was thinking about this. Uh, so a, a friend of ours had told me about um, a habit app. And I actually downloaded it. And uh, you can have, I think, up to five habits in it for free. And it will just sort of send you a reminder. They're like, hey, you said you wanted to do this on this day. Da-da, da-da. Is it done? And you can give it like a little check mark, and then you're like, "Oh, I have a little check mark in my app, and it looks cute, and I feel good about it." So I was like, "That could be, you know, apps like that can be helpful for people who truly have a goal they want to get through, and are just needing that external motivation." Right, but that little rebel tilt to my tendency would be like. You can't tell me what to do, app. <laughs> I can remove you from my phone if I want to. Delete. Right, right. But they're like, <laughs> I have control over you. I'm choosing this app because yes. this goal is important to me. That's a good point. It's yeah. like, I'm, I have a choice about this. And I, my past self 
said my future self would want to do this. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, definitely. So I, I, I did think about it a little bit, too, because, like, my, my younger son is definitely an obliger, which, you know, makes sense because they're the largest hunsy. Right. The older one, I think, is harder. I would, he's either questioner or rebel or both, but he's just difficult. <laughs> For him, I'm like, I don't even know what to do. I need yeah. more research. Help, help, help. <laughs> Would you prefer to be a different tendency? If so, can you take measurements to help you emulate that tendency? Or, sorry, measurements. Can you take measures? <laughs> like, no, upholders are awesome. Okay, yeah, we're like one of the smallest tendencies. But we're amazing, and you should be more like us. <laughs> I definitely, and she even says in the book, obligers are the most likely to not want to be in their tendency. And I think the reason for that is being externally motivated in and of itself makes you feel powerless. It's a, it's a powerless feeling, even if you're operating that way, um, unconsciously, you know? So yeah, I definitely would like to not be in this tendency. And I think it's good right now to say too, she seems to think that, so this whole nature versus nurture debate, that you just are your tendency, you just inherently are your tendency. <clears throat> and that is one thing, I'm and the book, whether you agree with nature versus nurture, whether you agree with her on this, it, it doesn't make the book any less helpful. It really doesn't. Mm -hmm. I do feel like the obliger tendency kind of resembles codependency, which is something that I am trying to kind of overcome through awareness of how I react to people and things. So um, although the book and, and how I make decisions and actions, and it's totally useful and 100%, I totally agree with it. I maybe that's just because an I'm an obliger and I want to change my tendency. I want to believe we can change our tendency. <laughs> I think that anything is possible, and like you know, not everyone's just one solid tendency. So there's very possible that you could become swing more towards more more towards another another side. Mm -hmm. and have you know maybe a mix of three tendencies yeah maybe we can mix all four in <laughs> with Super her little venn tendency. diagram they don't always they don't all interact with each other certain ones interact and certain ones don't but yeah well it's like the obliger isn't very much a questioner it's more of a rebel upholder but we could throw a questioner in there for yeah. you we could totally do that <laughs> We, we, we could, we could. This is, if you could teach the people around you some aspect of your tendency, what would you want them to understand? I want you to go first on this one. Um, I'm interested. I'm just crazy. <laughs> but I just feel like I have to do all these things all the time just because, like, there's no reason. I just... I'm overachiever all the time. Just, I just but don't. Am. Don't you feel like it would probably be easier if everybody was a little more like that? Like their lives would be easier. Uh, 
Yeah, like, she talks about in the book sometimes how the obligers, or not the obligers, the upholders are sort of like, why can't people just get their lives together? I'm like, I just don't get it. Like, fine, I'll help you, but, like, I don't see why you can't just fix yourself. And so, like, some part of me is like, oh, yeah, I've thought that before, but I've grown since then. But, you know, <laughs> it's so funny because um, I feel like that's why, speaking specifically of self-help books, Sometimes the same message is passed out over and over and over again by different people. And if you look at that through the perspective of your tendency, it's it's valuable because you're only going to absorb it from a way in which you understand things. So I read a book not too long ago. I don't even remember what it was called. I hate it so much because basically it was like, your life sucks. And the reason it sucks is you need to do this. So do this. And I'm like, well, how do I do this? There was no how do I do it. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Right. So totally a book for an upholder. Ah. A yeah. list of if you do this, 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 and this, you're golden. Right. And an upholder would be like, okay, check in the boxes, you know, and probably <laughs> get a lot of benefit out of it, even if they don't, like, say, incorporate all of it or whatever. Uh-huh. But for someone like me, pff, garbage. It was absolute garbage. I, I've seen a lot of those stories where, like, oh, I, my life was a mess, and here's how I got out of it. I'm not saying this roadmap is for everyone. I'm just saying this roadmap worked for me. And I've always been sort of, like, eh, on those two. Yeah. And I'm, like, especially this is, let's just blow yourself up from your bootstraps <laughs> and just get it done. <laughs> I'm like, well, sometimes depression doesn't work that way. Oh, yeah, the whole bootstrap thing. Burn the boots, that's my motto. I feel like at this point in time, with the pandemic never ending, I'm going yeah. to be on antidepressants the rest of my life. I'm oh. like, this is like the the nightmare that never ends. And I'm so torn, like even me, who, who in a sick way kind of loved the pandemic because I love being in my little bubble at home. Like even me, I'm like enough is enough. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to go back out there, but like all this, everything is too much. It's too much. It's too much. much. Does your tendency make your life easier or harder at work with family, with friends? Mm -hmm. I think that my tendency made my life easier for me at work, but it made it harder for people to work with me. (laughs) (laughs) guys <laughs> oh that's awesome yeah <laughs> what about with your family how is it with your kids having an upholder mom i don't know i don't think they've really ever noticed i mean like no. i think maybe a few years ago i was just sort of like wow mom you're really organized and like how else do you think I can maintain all of this for all of us? I'm like, I am a single person who does all the cleaning, does all the cooking, did all the laundry, did all the shoveling kids, you know. While working full time and yep. having hobbies. Yes. Yeah. And As, reading a hundred and X number of books a year. As a single mom. Yeah, don't yeah. you feel shitty about yourself <laughs> because you should. No, I'm just kidding. You really shouldn't. <laughs> but I can answer that last part for your tendency is as a friend, it's been great having 
an upholder as a friend. Because even though I know that I can't <clears throat> necessarily, like, say, have 10 New Year's resolutions that I keep, it's, you're inspiring to me. So even if I see you keep your 10, I know maybe I can keep one. And Yay. I'm good with that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and definitely for me at work and family, it's a lot harder for me, especially at work because being outwardly motivated in a job where I essentially work alone. I mean, I do my job. I do a great job, but there's nobody to say, you did a great job. (laughs) You know, there's no kind of external motivation at all. And so I think I probably could do a better job. Um, if I had a little bit more of that. And as far as family goes, it is kind of hard because you tend to take your actions by what other people want. And so it's easy for me to get very overwhelmed and do way too much and like put my own needs last. Right. Like, and I find myself often saying a lot, well, when the kids move out, when this, when that, then I can finally blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you can't live your life like that in the future. No, no. Yeah. She does talk about in the book that obligers tend to be taken advantage of and they'll go through obliger burnout. Oh, I forgot about that. And when I read that, (laughs) I immediately thought of you. Yeah. (laughs) I was just like... Oh, I've seen this in action. (laughs) You have seen this in action. And it looks a lot like a temper tantrum. (laughs) Looks like, sounds like. (laughs) And I have one once about every three to five years, I would say. (laughs) And it's big. (laughs) One of those times I got divorced. We're actually back together now, so, you know, that's just... better than ever. Oh, they really are, yeah. I mean, people change. And I felt like I... He, as a rebel, which obligers and rebels are the best combination, and once I... I think I intuitively understood his rebel tendency before I read it in the book, because we've come such a long way in dealing with each other. So, like, having it written down and and me being able to read that and say, oh, I did that. I figured that out. Like, we're really getting along better because I don't, I can't, I don't ever tell him what to do. Right. Never. No, no. Yeah. That's, that's poison for a rebel. Right. And, and rebels don't have, they traditionally, especially if they're men, they tend to be the stay-home parent and have, take these non-traditional type roles And they do better when starting his own business. So once I kind of opened up a little bit more and he's and been a little more free with him and less trying to pin him down to do things. Now he has started his own business, you know, so. And he's been way more helpful at home, too. Yeah. The choice of having freedom to choose what he's going to do with his time. Exactly. So so I think the book, I that's why I liked the book, because it really translates into real life really really does i agree it's a great book yeah okay so uh the last question is what is your favorite aspect of your tendency and your least favorite 
aspect of my tendency is that I'm self-motivated that I can just make a decision make a choice and go out there and do it and what I hate about it what I dislike the most about my tendency is that is like that sort of same thing that I can be self-motivated and people can just you know they're like well if I can do this then why can't other people and that irritates me you know like I know people that do that, like they post on social media, like, oh, I did all these things and it's just about making the right choices and sticking to it and forming a plan. And I, and I look at it and I'm like, yeah, I could do that if I wanted to. I go, but not everyone can. So I think you're a little bit full of yourself. And that's like huge awareness on your part because most people operate in their tendencies unconsciously. So, you know, if you're not conscious of other people's way of looking at the world then you could look at that and say yeah you did it that way I could do it that way why can't this person do it that way but you've opened yourself up so much more to other people's perspective you know I think that's awesome thank you (laughs) for my tendency my favorite aspect of my tendency is it does make me feel close to people because my Always my motivation is um, knowing what other people are feeling and what their needs are and what they expect. So in that way, I felt like it's helped me be a more compassionate person. I'm really good at putting myself in other people's position and trying to see the world from their point of view. My least favorite part of that is... Um, I have a hard time having those boundaries and doing that same thing for myself. So it's definitely been a problem. But like I said, it's also something that now I am aware of. So I, I feel like awareness is key. This book brought me a ton of awareness. It's also very simple. And I know we mention it oh, it's all. Really short. And it's, it's really so short. It's so simple. And, yeah. it, and we always go back to that, um, you know, with the, <clears throat> with the rain technique. Oh, right. Right. Yes. So yeah. simple. So simple. You know, you recognize your feeling. You know, it's just right. a little yeah. acronym for things. This is for tendencies. So simple. And for some reason, those, those um, modalities are always so much more usable and profound to me than all these really complicated psychoanalyzing yada yada blah 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 (laughs) i have i yeah i have to agree yeah i'm like the simpler it is the easier it is to understand and And the faster you can put it to use Yeah, yeah it's just so easy to put it to use in your everyday life like i feel like i'm going to always use this i mean i might not always be thinking specifically about you know everything in the book you really only have to get a gist of it right and then you're gonna understand so much better how to deal with people you're gonna be a lot less reactionary to other people who think differently than you i don't know i think it's great i think it's great too mm-hmm. oh we should talk about our booze we oh, didn't talk about the booze oh, oh. Um, it's uh, an old it's, standby yeah uh i was a little tired um I've been in a lot of pain lately, which is unfortunate, and um, 
So I just made up some dark and stormies because I had it on hand. I was like, you want a dark and stormy? I will never <laughs> not want a dark and stormy, which is like a dark spiced rum, ginger beer, and lime. Simple, like the book. Yeah. Delicious and profound. <laughs> the book may not be delicious, but the drink is. <laughs> and you're delicious. Woo! <laughs> oh, this was super exciting. I'm so glad you found this book. I think this was the perfect discussion for especially this busy, busy month of December. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah, we'll see you next month. Have a great year. Bye. Bye.